The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey, what is up, Bills Mafia? Welcome in to this episode of the Buffalo Nerd, your home for Buffalo Bills football with a charity on top brought to you by SB nation on the Buffalo rumblings, YouTube and podcast network on this week's show, a little trip around the NFL. What's happening. It's a somber week, obviously for the Buffalo community, but we're going to hit on some positives that have happened this week and some things that we have to look forward to as we continue to press on in this off season. It's about to go. This is the Buffalo Nerd Sports Podcast, where we talk history of the game numbers and stats. And each week we highlight a charity that's doing good. If you haven't subscribed yet, then you should, because I'm sick to this, this, this the, the real deal. And you know I got a shout out to Buffalo Bills. Turn it up to the max, sit back and relax. This is the Buffalo Nerd Sports Podcast. Let go! Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome into the show. Thanks for being here, catching the show live with me. If you're here now, if you're going to be listening to this in the future, I appreciate you guys checking out the show as well. So I'm going to keep it pretty lighthearted this week. Obviously, the community has just come through a, you know, very challenging situation. Um, This, our society is becoming a a very, very tough place, uh, you know, to be a part of. Uh, and it was felt close to home for the Buffalo community this past week. So <clears throat> I want to keep it lighthearted. Uh, you know, I'm not really going to dive too much into that. Uh, obviously, this is not cool um, as a as a society, as a human being, um, just not cool. You know, I, I, I don't understand how we get here. Um, <clears throat> it sucks that we are. And, you know, you just you, you feel terrible, you know, for everybody that it hit, uh, you know, and everything you know, like that, it, you know, it comes with that. And obviously that's part of it. Right. And you, you don't want to not take that. But the reason I called the episode this week, the reason I did, if you if you check it out, it's called the fabric. Right. Because I think what what this really brought up for me is that the Buffalo Bills and the Bills Mafia and the Buffalo community. The fabric of who and what we are is what makes us get through situations like this, what gets us through 17 years of drought football, you know, blue collar, hardworking people that respect each other and have each other's back. And unfortunately there was somebody that was out there that chose not to do that. But, you know, uh, 
I want I want to have a little fun with this because also this last week we did actually have uh, a new group of mafia, you know, as the as the rookies had their first mini camp, uh, you know, so just it, it it's an interesting time to have all this happen and, and it's just it's something that's very challenging and tough. But before we really dive into kind of the football stuff like we do every week on the show, uh, we do highlight a charity each and every week. Uh, you know, it's just something that uh, is a passion of mine. Uh, you know, as uh, you know, I have a son that has cerebral palsy, so there's been a lot of charities and organizations that have been part of my life and helped us, you know, along the way. So <clears throat> each and every week, I try to highlight an organization out there that's kicking ass, you know, and, and helping people out in any facet. So this week, I wanted to go ahead and uh, highlight a charity, obviously a local the Buffalo community uh, called Open Buffalo. Um, if you guys have never heard of them, um, you can check them out at openbuffalo.org. Uh, again, that's openbuffalo.org. Uh, they, they've been around since 2014. Uh, interesting, very cool organization in that their, their main driving goal is to empower people in the community uh, through leadership. Um, and through kind of inspiring them and showing them backstories and providing them with information to knock down walls and to provide equality the way that it should be provided. So uh, they do a very cool thing with, you know, there's leadership groups that you can be a part of. Uh, they, they take this to the youth level uh, and just showing people how to talk to each other about subjects that are tough. I mean, a lot of this stuff that inspires each and every day is because so many people are scared to just talk about it and reach out to somebody and talk to them. And so a lot of what they do is about connecting people, you know, all backgrounds, youth, adult and everything like that. So Open Buffalo, very cool organization. Again, check them out at openbuffalo.org. <clears throat> they actually do have a, a donation up right now. They're about $12,000 towards a $50,000 goal. Um, this is a, an organization that's been in the Buffalo community, you know, since 2014. So this isn't new to them. <clears throat> Unfortunately, this is something that they're used to having to deal with, but they've been around the community. Uh, they've been part of trying to change the fabric of what's taking place, you know, in that, in the city. So very cool organization. Check them out if you can. Now, <clears throat> I want to get a little lighthearted, you know, because this is tough. It's sombering. This, this is what I'm talking about. Let's just start going crazy. Like, let's go crazy. We got Gabe Davis getting a thousand yards this season right off the bat. You know, I love it. You know, and what I wanted to hit on first right off the bat, because I don't, I don't know if many of you uh, folks out there listen to or, or follow Undisputed. I, I personally like Shannon Sharp. Uh, Skip Bayless is a moron. Uh, but uh, Shannon Sharp to me is great. And there was a recent discussion, I'm sure everybody caught about Josh Allen. <clears throat> you know, obviously, as the primetime schedule is getting talked about, big games get talked about, all these other things like that. Right. And so this discussion comes up where Shannon Sharp basically is like, you know, Josh Allen's the man uh, and Josh Allen is going to take this team all the way and he's going to win the big game. And Skip Bayless came out and said, like, yeah, I'm not sure that he's the guy in the big game. Interesting. That's interesting. Not the guy in the big game. I'm just I'm thinking back, you know, like. Out of last year where he dominated the Patriots um, and then dominated the Chiefs. I mean, we lost that game, but it was on nothing to do with Josh Allen's performance, right? So Skip Bayless coming out saying like, oh, I don't think Josh Allen can perform in the big game. Like, hey, Skip, have you ever watched Josh Allen play in a game? Because it doesn't feel like you have. But it, I, it was just funny to me, but it, it started getting me thinking, right, that 
we're now going to see this all the time, right? Josh Allen is going to play this entire season under the spotlight as a preseason MVP, right? He's going to be talked to all the time. He's going to be in prime time all the time, right? And th these are big challenges. And the reason that I know that this man is going to handle it, or I should say this young man, uh, his, he's well under my age, but this young man is going to handle it is of how he handled the situation that just took place this past week. When he was pressed and when he was asked to answer questions, the man has all the right questions, answers. Excuse me. He's humble to the core, and he just genuinely is a great guy, and he's got skills to go with it. This, this kid, I truly believe that this is one of the dumbest things that Skip Bayless has ever said for starters, and he's got a lot of them. That would be crazy. But – Josh Allen's a stud. He's proven it in big-time situations. The defense let us down in 13 seconds last time, or we're talking about him already being the guy in big games. Needless to say, I, I have been just, the more and more that I get to experience Joshua Patrick Allen, the more and more I fall in love with the idea is that this kid is young, right? Like, we're, we're only barely hitting the second contract, we're, and we're watching quarterbacks play into their 40s right now. This guy could be the quarterback for 20 years. I mean, like nothing's out of the realm of possibility right now. We got Karen chiming in. What do you got, Karen? What's interesting is JA hasn't even hit the ceiling yet. Cannot wait for the season to start. Go Bills. Thanks, Karen, for chiming in. And I agree 100% with that. He's He's showing constant growth, which is the – I don't think you're seeing that from the guys like Mahomes you know, you're, you're not seeing these big steps like Mahomes is good. I mean, we can. Yeah, he's good. But each year it looks like the same product to me. Right. I see the guy that's athletic and he can run around. He can make the big throws. He can make plays when he needs to. But it, it doesn't feel the same way as watching the way that Josh Allen's progressing. So I, I thought it was hilarious. You know, I'm like, way to go, Skip. Way to just. Yeah. And obviously, you know why they do those things. Right. Because they're trying to stir the pot and whatever. But sometimes I think it's fun to chat in the pot because it's just complete craziness and it really makes you look back and go man we got it good you remember the last time we had it good right it was really like jim kelly and then since then it was like a roller coaster ride up and down love him i oh my god he's terrible i don't recall feeling that way with josh allen ever since he's been here and he's just been getting better better and better and better so dude is a stud skip bayless moron so i kind of mentioned it in the beginning a little bit that we had some new members join the, the the mafia, right? Like we just went through the draft. We, we've gone through kind of processing and talking about the draft and who we got. And we got our first exposure to some of these young men. I mean, we, we saw some of the draft stuff, right? And it, it's hard to, to judge the draft stuff. But when they come in and they sit in front of your media, right, they, they get their first opportunity to be around your coaches. Um, I, I thought like I, I follow a lot of the, you know, Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot and a lot of those guys. And they just some of the interviews from these guys, right, if you're listening to them, I, I they just every one of them just has that same. I'm a worker. I'm excited to grow. I'm excited to work. I'm excited where I am. I'm excited who I'm around. I mean, like every one of them just like spectacular. And that just really speaks to how good Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean are and what they're building. I mean, it's it's high character. It, it's not necessarily like this draft, especially when we have a, a team that's pretty stacked, you're seeing again where they're, they're reaching out and they're just going after high character guys that they believe in, right? I don't know if at, 
if uh, I, I'm assuming a lot of you guys follow Matt and a lot of those other guys, so you've seen some of the videos, but getting to see these guys, uh, first time bills uniform on, they're all hyped up, you know, they're out there making plays, you know, Elam was getting like shut down corner reviews after <laughs> the first rookie mini camp practice, you know, and it's like, that's awesome. You know, it's exciting. And the other cool piece, which was, this was a terrible experience, right? But I think this is really going to entrench those gentlemen into seeing what B Buffalo is all about, what the community is all about, what they're going to be a part of. But on the field, they look dynamite. You know, you love hearing that the rookies are battling, they're doing things, they're looking good. You know, they're working hard. Uh, you see some of the stuff from Cook, right? I, I watched just a couple of videos that, and, it, and this is practice, right? And this is, they're just running through drills and stuff. So when I'm, when I'm getting excited or elevated, we don't have to take it to like this dude's out of his mind. I'm just saying like, when you look at it, you can understand why. If you go back to the kind of the, where this all started is JK, JD McKissick was supposed to be a bill. Right. So we all knew immediately that they were looking for something right in the running back room. And then when you watch James cook come out of the backfield and just make a little cut against a linebacker, just in that quick little out, it's it's quick, you know, and I get it. It's practice and whatever, but his burst is evident. It's very very evident, and it really just led me to believe and see finally that what they really want, you know, they want that quick little acceleration out of the backfield, that three yard dump down that turns into a seven, twelve, fifteen, sixteen yard play. That's what they want from the running back, and I don't think that they feel that they have it in the burst. I think that we have some that, that Devin can do the routes and he can be that guy and he can catch the ball, but the burst is different. It's a short burst compared to kind of like a longer burst. Like I don't think Singletary slow by any means. Right. But like, there's a different, there's a different little pace there. We'll see how it looks with pads on and when there's real things happening, but it was nice to see what he's going to bring and what he can be a part of. And this, this rookie mini camp is just really like, it's fun to see it. You hear them talk about, you know, like it's the first time they get to just be together without the vets. Cause when the big, I think it was, um, uh, I want to say it was uh, Shakir had said that, you know, something along the lines of when the big dogs show up, right. This is like their first opportunity to do it without the big dogs showing up. And that's cool, right? That's exciting if you're a young guy. So all positive reports. I don't think you ever really anticipate that rookie mini camp is going to bring out a lot of negative things about anybody. Um, Cause they're not doing a whole heck of a lot, but you know, a lot of positives. And I, I think it's just something that we're getting used to and seeing what Bean drafts and what he, what he likes to go after. And, and McDermott has a, a certain piece that he likes, right. And we're seeing it unfold in front of us. And me personally, I enjoy getting to like talk about the team on a more of a little, we're just looking at tiny little minute things. We're not an overhaul. We're not even, we're not a redo. We're not filling a bunch of pieces. I mean, we, we made a big changes this off season, right? We've rotated in some bodies, but this is a minute little process that we're going through. One other uh, big thing for me that came out of the rookie mini camp is what I've kind of been thinking and feeling the whole time. And if you guys are watching live with me here, go ahead and drop your opinion in the chat, you know, uh, of what you guys think on this, but being basically said that, you know, they're, they're getting ready to go into the down period. We're going to truly hit like kind of the off season for, or what they call their off season. But he said something very important to me was that there's going to be a lot of veterans on the street and they're going to keep their eyes open. 
right? This man is always churning and burning. And I don't think that like not every team is doing that, right? I don't think that there's a lot of GMs that aren't paying attention to what's going on, you know, during what's quote unquote the off season. But I do like the fact that he brings that up because there's questions. I, I still have questions. Uh, I, I would imagine a lot of the folks watching still have questions. Uh, I mean, it's Tredavious. We don't know yet. And as, as much as I was all about the first round quarterback, we got him. I think he's going to be great, but you, you, you can't bank on that. Right. Not when you can, or can you, I mean, you can, or you can't, but me personally, I'm not going to bank on that. So I've been talking for six weeks about there's got to be a veteran cornerback added to this room. And I still think that that's going to happen. When you see guys like Bradbury get moved and you know, he's, he's big money. Right. So that that's, that's probably out of our realm, but there's going to be guys like that. And the closer it gets to camp and the less their opportunity is to sign with somebody, the numbers are going to move around. And when the numbers move around, we're probably going to be able to strike. You know, I I'm envisioning a veteran that's got some similarity with the understanding of the defense and, you know, somebody along those lines, or just a vet that doesn't need that necessarily be there for the whole thing. But I do believe that for as young as the room is, we need a vet that's going to be on the field, even if that's during practices, right? Because it's it's different when you, you can watch film, right? And you can go back and look at all these things. And Tredavious is going to be doing all those things. But until he can actually step on the field with them and see it and feel it and be able to see and feel what they're doing, I think there's going to be a disconnect. And while he can't do that, I want I want a veteran guy around. I mean, we're, we're talking about our – we've got guys that have been around for like three years or our vets behind Tredavious. Right. I mean, so that's, that's, that's a tough spot to be in, I think, especially when you're supposed to be a Super Bowl contender. So for me, uh, I like that. Um, I'd be curious if anybody uh, else uh, watching right now live with me has any, uh, any other positions that they would say, Hey, I still, I still have a feeling that we need to do something there. Uh, because for me, it's really just down to the cornerback position at this point uh, would be the only place that I would say, Let's we have to add something. I feel like it, there needs to be an ad. And now I'm completely okay with that guy getting beat out by the rookie. But part of me is just saying that I don't think T.Y. is going to be ready for week one. And if he's not, I would much rather have a veteran on one side and then letting our rookie or Dane Jackson, whoever wins it out, be the guy in the number two role. And, it, you know, you you definitely want your first round picks to come out and perform, right? And you want them to be on the field and you want to utilize what they're doing and, and get them exposure. But if he's not hundred percent ready and there's a veteran opportunity to have, I I'm, I'm going to lean that way, especially on a defense that is legit. I mean, I think that if you, you could plug a veteran player in, that would be able to be a very good addition. You could also plug, plug in, excuse me, plug in a, a, a new rookie into this because of how much expo experience we have around them. Right. I don't doubt that either, but if I'm, if I'm banking my Super Bowl caliber roster right now, I still feel like cornerback is a need. I think we've done well in a lot of the other areas to address a lot of the other stuff. Um, but for me, that's a piece. The other piece that I'm and I'm only intrigued about really is because I had such a hard time with the guy last year is the the draft of the punter and adding him him into the mix. I mean, for me, that is uh, that's one of those things that he's got the booming leg. Right. 
we had the booming leg prior and we kind of decided that we felt like we wanted to go the guy that could kind of do certain things, right? He'd kick it in a specific spot. He could put it in a certain place for us. You know, he could do certain things. So I'm curious if he can do that because uh, from what I've been reading so far on all accounts, it seems like he can, um, but it's not necessarily one of his, his fortes we'll say. And then the big piece is the hold. You know, I, I think that we, we saw McDermott really talked about how much he liked Matt because of how well he could hold and how important that was to Bass and the rest of the special teams unit, you know, from the snap from Reed, you know, and back that that hold is incredibly important. The guy's never really done it. Um, so I, I think it's interesting because I, I think if you, if you personally, if you use draft capital to go ahead and go out and get a special teams player in the punter or kicker, that your intention is that that's your guy and they're going to be your guy. Um, so I, I'm intrigued to see how that plays out because he hasn't done much holding. And, you know, I, I, I feel like it's a skill you can learn. I, I've never had to do it. So I, I can't say that for sure. I feel like it's a skill that you could learn, um, but it does feel like it's an art, right? And just being very good at it is super important. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Besides that, the rest of the roster for me coming out of the draft is I feel good. I, I feel like we're a good football team. Uh, if you're looking at a lot of rankings, I think power indexes have come out uh, here recently after the draft. We're we're one. We're hitting one in a lot of categories, uh, you know, from a lot of different people do believe that this is the best team in the league. I didn't freeze. I just wanted to pause for a second to just let that really sink in that. Yes, we finally are. We're like considered to be the best team in the league. I mean, that, that's a nice feeling, I think. But who else? I mean, somebody else in the chat, give me something else that they think that is a position of need uh, besides the cornerback position. I think everything else, if you're looking around the room, I mean, obviously the the quarterback room is an interesting piece still. I, I, I do have quarterback on the back of my mind, and that's only because of the law. If we were to ever have anything happen – knocking on everything possible. I'm not even going to say anything else associated with it. But last year when we had Mitch, uh, I felt like the offense wouldn't have to change that much, right? Um, this year, I, it's definitely going to have to change, right? So uh, for me, I, I do want to see some kind of like built-in plan behind these guys of a guy that is just more youthful that we're going to develop and I don't think we have that yet. So if somebody came to me and said, Hey, uh, I think there should be a, a quarterback should be a discussion. I, I wouldn't step away from that completely. Uh, you know, I, I, I get what they did this year. hundred percent makes sense. Um, you, you definitely have your guy, right? So if you can keep a position fairly cheap and get experience and have a guy that can step in, that's what you're looking for. Let's go ahead. We got Jason Taylor chimed in. Jason's got true outside wide receiver depth. Yeah, I think this is a good point, Jason, because um, the luxury of Stefan Diggs has made us tend to not look at the depth of the wide receiver room, right? Um, because it is now a pretty young room, uh, realistically, again, right? And, and you you do have to kind of question what happens when Diggs does go down. Now, the guy's been dynamite. His work ethic is 
off the charts, right? I mean, he's he seemed he's there. He's been very available for us since he's been a bill, and he's been incredibly productive. But that Jason, that is, that is a a good good point. I mean, um, I think a lot of people are on board with Gabe Davis really taking the step this year. Not that he didn't take a step last year because um, he was expected to take that step last year, and I really I don't think he didn't take the step. I think he t- he took another positive step because he he put up a productive year, and by the end of the year, he was a true piece to the offense. And really, that's all we need. I don't I don't care if he's putting up thousands of yards, but he's being a piece to the puzzle when he's supposed to be the piece to the puzzle. And he was there and he stepped up. But yeah, you would be looking at a pretty young room. Um, I do think that the Crowder move, not that that's really outside depth, but I think he could provide a little extra outside depth, like he would be capable of doing it. Um, but yeah, you're. I, I agree with Jason that this is a this is a touchy kind of subject potentially if one guy really goes down. Now, I will say on the flip side of that, I the tight ends are are good, right? Dawson Knox is is really stepping up. So I think there would be a way that not necessarily the offense is going to come to a halt. Uh, I think we now have more options to work with different pieces to the puzzle, but that depth that depth is definitely questionable. And you can see they're searching. Right. If you go and look at the Gabe Davis draft, you know, there's there there's churn at the bottom of the wide receiver room right now. Right. They're adding some guys. They're looking, they're checking. But yeah, I mean, you got Kumaro. He's he's kind of, you know, he's that veteran guy that can provide NFL experience in how to do it. But he's, he's never been a true big time piece. Right. So you, you couldn't necessarily count on him stepping in, even though I think he could do it, you know, in a short term. But that's that's a nice piece, Jason. Thanks for bringing that up. That's a good one to point out. Uh, I, I speaking of the tight end, I like Dawson Knox and we, we brought in the undrafted guy. I can't think of his name right now. I apologize, but these, these are the types of things that we're really going to have to start worrying about. And we have to start worrying about them in advance. Like what, you know, we have Edmonds who's coming up this next year. We're going to also have now you're going to be looking at Dawson Knox, who's excelling, right? That's kind of the, uh, it, I don't want to call it a negative thing, but as you get better and your offense is doing better and they're putting up numbers, people want you more, right? It's just one of those things. It, they don't necessarily, and obviously it's system has a part of it, right? But uh, it also, to me, just makes me feel like he's really being set up to potentially leave, right? Because he's being set up to have a nice payday. Uh, he, he's performing at a high level and that's awesome, but it, it it's things you have to really start worrying about, right? You have to start bringing guys in and start really thinking about churn behind some of these beautiful pieces that you drafted, uh, you brought in, and then you work your way up to it. Here we go. We got both Jason and uh, Daniel are here to save me on the uh, name of the uh, gentleman that uh, is the undrafted guy out of Texas Tech or Texas A&M, excuse me. It's uh, Weidermeyer, I think. And then, yeah, it looks like Daniel – it's Jalen uh, Weidermeyer, yeah, Texas A&M. Thanks, guys. So, I mean, these are the types of pieces, and he's he comes from kind of a, a team that uses the similar role, right? You know, so I think that the Bean does a very good job with this. You know, when we drafted linebacker this year, uh, that was nice. I get it, right? I understand what he's doing, and it, it, it's nice to be in the position where you can constantly look at the churn behind and the youth that you're going to potentially be bringing in to replace – what you draft. I mean, you, you hear Bean talk about it. Like you want to, you want to draft, sign them and re-sign them again, right? Like that, if you can, you want to keep them in house, but essentially when you get good at it, 
you're building beautiful pieces for other teams. And sometimes you're just not going to have the funds. So that tight end room, uh, you know, I, I think the OJ Howard ad is going to be, it's going to be nice for us. Um, and I think that that also is why the outside wide receiver depth are going to be kind of like a little bit of a question mark, but it could be alleviated by now the possibility of bringing in cook at the wide receiver position. Cause he's, he's recently said that he actually kind of views himself more as a wide receiver as well. Right. So, I mean, you, you might make up for it in that, in that place, your guys are chiming in now, Richard Greenwood. Yeah. I mean, Edmonds and or Knox could be tagged. I mean, you have to start thinking about that. And we still have Ed Oliver in the mix of all of this as well too. Right. Um, and he's, he's progressing and he's looking great. Zero tight ends under contract after next season. Right. So we, we just, I, I'm, I'm only really truly bringing that up because I love how Bean handles this, right. He, he really is good about looking at that churn because this is, t- this is going to be tough. It's not easy to build a winner and keep it. Look at what just happened to Kansas city. Tyreek Hill's like, okay, I'm in, I'm in Miami now. Right. So like you have to be prepared to be able to handle big time losses. And we have positions that are coming up with great players who could get paid. We watched Jordan Phillips go and make this happen a couple seasons ago. He was on a very good bills defense on a team that was doing better. Shaq Lawson, had a great season, got paid because of the team he was on and how well he was performing. This is absolutely going to become a big-time problem for this team, this franchise, as good as they are drafting, right? Here it is. I mean, Ned Ryerson, I hope we got that right, Ned. Uh, unfortunately, you can't pay everyone. That's that's why there's a cap, right? There's a there's a reason that the NFL does the cap, and you know that that's part of it. It's supposed to be fair play. you got to get good at what you do. Uh, and fortunately for us, we got a guy that is good at what he does. And I've, I've just, this off season has proven it to me more and more. I mean, he's done beautiful things in the past, right? Don't get me wrong, but continuing to just churn and be very good. I mean, when you're a team that's like ascending to this level that everybody thinks you're going to be the best, you typically, when you draft, they're like, eh, that was not good. That was not right. Yeah, you shouldn't do that. No. And they're looking for ways to be like, no, that wasn't worth it. This team drafted well. It got good results from everybody that gives opinions on it. You can take those opinions how you will, right? I mean, like, but this team is just a it's a different beast. And we have to be prepared to be in those situations. We're gonna make those decisions. Now, I do think on the flip side of that, as we're building this, we will get to that level where guys are gonna want to stay. Right. And there's going to be guys that'll be willing to work with us to stick around. But I also don't want to bank on that. All right. So let's make sure we're building pieces in the background. You know, uh, you don't want to like speaking of the, the outside wide receiver depth, you don't want one piece to kill your dream. Right. So if you think one piece can kill your dream, then don't let that happen by backfilling behind it to the best of your ability. And that's what Brandon Bean does. I mean, that's what they that's what they have shown us year after year after year so far, that they are going to make sure that this football team is never going to catastrophically fall off a cliff. And we, we've seen that with some other organizations that have been good in the past and they just disappear. Right. We can't be that. I don't believe we're going to be that because of him and because of the success. And just also. Joshua Patrick Allen um, makes a lot of people want to be part of the Buffalo Bills, right? So we do have that going for us as well. But 
All right, everybody, we're coming up on uh, the half hour mark. I don't really like to take it uh, too much longer. Uh, so I appreciate everybody that's been chiming in. You know, Daniel, thanks for being here. Richard, Jason, Karen, Ned, you know, all you guys that have been chiming in, you know, uh, messaged me off on the side, you know, on Twitter and everything like that. You know, I really appreciate you guys reaching out since I joined the network over here, uh, having a lot of fun going live and hanging out with you guys uh, next week. We're going to drive into some fantasy football a little bit. I got a cool guest coming on who is also Bill's Mafia and um, is uh, somebody that, uh, you know, I think has a good football mind and a good football opinion. Uh, so we're going to talk Bills, obviously, and we're going to talk, uh, you know, a little bit just on the team itself, plus what it looks like from a fantasy perspective, uh, you know, and just what it looks like moving forward. I mean, I think that we are we're in a very good position right now. We can have a lot of fun as we kind of make our way through the rest of the off season here until things really start to kind of pick up. So we'll be doing that next week. Of course, again, next week we'll be highlighting another charity again, please make sure that you guys uh, do take an opportunity to go check out openbuffalo.org uh, and, you know, obviously donate over there if you can and make sure you guys are, you know, turning on the notifications, you're following and you're subscribing. Uh, if you guys follow me on Twitter, if you're not, you can find me at Colt Schroeder and check out the, at the Buffalo nerd, uh, you know, on all the social media stuff. Let's see another thing from Ned here real quick. Agreed. If anyone can with the cap out BBB, we'll get it done. Thanks. Smash that like button. Appreciate that. So yeah, guys, thanks a lot for being here. Make sure you guys are heading over to buffalorumblings.com too and reading what those guys are putting out over there. They they really do put out good stuff, good opinions. There's different views on everything. Uh, it's sometimes hard in the, you know, kind of in the Buffalo community to get outside opinion or even a, a not so great opinion of the team, right? Because we all love them and we don't necessarily want to say negative things. So check those guys out They're They're putting out a lot of good work over there and make sure you guys are, you know, hitting the notification button so you guys can check out everybody in the lineup. And of course, uh, I really do appreciate everybody being here, you know, hitting the like button and uh, just being part of the mafia and, you know, being there to support each other, uh, you know, have fun with each other and get ready for another phenomenal season with our Buffalo Bills. Any last words from anybody in the chat? What do we got? Edmonds, Poyer, Knox, Singletary, Nagara, the key decisions to make in the next offseason. Spin 0481, mark it. All right, everybody, have a good night. And of course, go Bills. Make sure you leave a review and subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll see you next time. Leg out. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.